Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Gamerpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Bradford Carlton. Today, we have a very special episode. We are doing an E3 special with Devious Eye Entertainment. Hey there, everybody. How's it going? Hello. How's it going, everybody? Wonderful. So um, why don't we begin by just introducing everybody and then kind of talking about your studios and your upcoming games? Sure. Sounds like a plan to me. <laughs> I am Andrea. I am COO of DVSI Entertainment. Uh, I'm Andreas. I'm the business development officer for DVSI Entertainment. And I'm Jen. I'm the chief creative officer of DVSI Entertainment, as well as the executive director of Before the Storm. Beautiful. Well, welcome, everybody. I'm sure you guys have kind of had a, a hectic weekend, although today is Tuesday. Yes. So <laughs> a lot of things go really well, and then some things not going so, so great. But we're glad to be here, and we're glad to you know uh, be on a platform, be able to explain what we brought to E3 and uh, a little bit more information about everything we brought as well. Absolutely. And as I understand it, because I watched your showcase, you have seven games coming out. Is that true? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to talk about every single one if we can. And so why don't we begin by telling us a little bit about what is DVSI Entertainment? So DVSI Entertainment is a multimedia entertainment company. It does have a couple subsidiary companies, but as of right now, the parent company houses gaming, uh, music, and film. Film is going to be a little bit later down the road. Right now, we are focusing on video game development and music, as we do have a few released music artists. Right now, for the gaming side, we have the two child companies before the storm, and then recently announced at E3 on the first day was Dreamfire Games. Wonderful. Okay, you have two studios. That's incredible. So um, let us begin. Let's um, start out talking about these studios, all right? And then um, I'm sure you have, I know you have different games under each. And then we kind of go through them and talk about your vision, your passion, why you decided to, to make each of these games. So um, how about Before the Storm? So with Before the Storm, uh, that is uh, that was kind of our first uh, development studio that we started off with, and that is uh, developing, well, a few of the games that we have. So, for example, there's Woken, uh, which is part one or chapter one of the Reverie series. There's also Doomsday, which is actually chapter two. Um, there's a few other games in the pipeline as well under specifically Before the Storm, but all in all, with Before the Storm, the main goal of it is to have uh, in-depth experiences that you can experience over a long period of time, something that really uh, gives you something to think about and you can always come back to, as well as just being fun and entertaining. Wonderful. Okay, so uh, since you brought it up, what is Reverie and why are there different chapters? Ah, so Reverie, uh, it originally started off uh, just as one singular game, which was just Reverie, just by itself. Um, it was a survival horror game that tells the story of Mount Moira Hospital and essentially you play as the role of Riley, who is basically trying to survive uh, as you do in most horror games. And it started expanding. Uh, we started making this large world that we really wanted to further explore. So instead of sticking to just simply one game, we wanted to turn this into, well, a trilogy. So starting off, it is Awoken, which is chapter one of Reverie. However, chapter two uh, kind of shifts gears a little bit away from the horror scene, but it is still expanding upon the same world that we've already built. Okay, fantastic. Um, and what, what made you guys decide to make a horror series? Um, 
The <laughs> so for the horror series for Awoken, a lot of it is based off of um, different experience. Like for example, the Russian sleep experiments, a lot of events that took place during World War II is kind of based off of that. And also our CEO, he was actually staying up north in a different state and he was listening to Marilyn Manson and he kind of got the idea for um, one of the original ideas for Awoken. I mean, originally the title of the game was Reverie. And then as Jen had mentioned, it kind of became a three-part series, but originally it was just Reverie. And as I said, the CEO was listening to Marilyn Manson and in this kind of creepy house. <laughs> and he kind of got like chill creep vibes. And he, as he was listening, <laughs> he, he basically, I'm getting glares right now off camera just so you know. He but, basically um, had, had, had such like a chilling experience yeah. that he felt like he needed to, to share and with the story of Reverie, which is now the, the three-part mm -hmm. trilogy. All right, so I know who you're talking about. I don't remember him bringing that up when I interviewed him before. And that's like the far, far backstory of the like original, original origin yeah. <laughs> of the game. And yeah, he was doing some research about abandoned asylums and the experiments and events that happened at asylums, as well as events that took place during World War II. And those are actually through the documents that you read and pick up in Awoken, chapter one of Reverie, you can actually read some of the events, like it's, act it's factual events that actually happened back then. Very cool. So that's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, pulling back from the, the horror for a second, uh, as yeah. I understand it, you also have a card game that you're translating into a video game? Yes. Yes. Uh, that would be actually Orion Spur, which we are in, uh, what do you call it? Configure, uh, we have a partnership basically <laughs> with uh, Fiero Initiative, who is actually the creator of the physical card game, um, that uh, they have a card shop uh, near us over in St. Pete, Florida. Um, that's where we officially met them and everything like that, where they showed us the game and they were interested in having the physical version, but they were very curious as to how it would play out into a video game. And that's where we come in, basically to, to transpose the physical card game into the virtual world and being able to have all the same elements and everything like that um, just transitioned. That's fascinating. And has it been a smooth transition or like, is this like a fast paced game? How does this work? It's still very uh, in the beginnings of everything working out. Um, we do have uh, actually one of the physical like boxes here, and we um, most of us here have, have played the the card game. Uh, if not, we're all going to. <laughs> but it has it has a bunch of different rules and uh, everything on the game. It is very strategic, so it, it plays out kind of slow. I have, from my understanding, from what actually he was here uh, on our just press start as one of the table talks, like we're doing right now where he explained that he is um, in creation of, of adapting it, making it a little bit more fast playing uh, and still keeping that strategic style. Um, so it is constantly evolving and we just have to evolve with that when creating it into the virtual space. Awesome. Okay, and um, there was an incredibly cute game. I think it was called Pseudo Dragons. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about that. That is being developed um, so far. Only one one person, he's been working on it alone and he's been adding and expanding on it from like from the ground up. It's, he said it, it was starting as a, just like a tutorial, like learning how to use the engine. And then from there, he started throwing in his own elements and other things that he liked and inspirations from games that he liked. And now it became its own IP, just all in itself. And it's full of cute, cute dragons in its own storyline. <laughs> so, I want a plushie. Yes. <laughs> so what can we expect from that game? Because your, your trailer, you know, they, they come dropping down. And what, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> 
pseudo dragons right now um with a lot of our games and still being developed and everything like that um from when i spoke to the developers name's devlin and i asked him what do people want to feel when they're playing pseudo dragons and he goes i just wanted people to feel dumb and happy <laughs> and that's the whole premise and that's what i feel like a lot of what that trailer does is seeing all the cuteness and just going on and like look that's so cute and just taking away uh you know if you're having any troubles or anything like that while you're playing pseudo dragons you're just in this fun little world with dragons running around it does it is going to have you know the storyline and the base thing of, of everything going and doing everything in, in the name pseudo dragons it is based in like a dream world uh, we will have more information coming out as, as it is developed, like through our social medias, like Discord and everything like that. So if you are interested in Pseudo Dragons, um, we definitely will be able to go ahead and keep you guys up to date. Wonderful. And uh, I think it's the last game with for the Storm is Last Shot. So that was interesting. I, I loved your trailer. Um, put a little humor in that. <laughs> so so what is that that's supposed to be like? Is um, you know, what's What's the purpose of this game? Last Shot is a variety online multiplayer shooter. Um, it basically took um, Arsenio Billy. He's a big fan of the uh, olden games like Quake, um, Unreal Tournament, uh, and he wanted to go ahead and start out with that idea. Or if I go even further back, I remember the conversation being just a paragraph. Yes. <laughs> and from that paragraph, we expanded into this world, which we are still developing, but it's it's taken off like, like crazy. What, what was the time from being paragraph to game? Like three months? It was, I mean, I would say like a, I mean, like a year and a half ago, it was just one paragraph. And then it's like, all right, we got to focus on other things. And then, and then fast forward to a few, a couple years later. Pulling the paragraph out of a dusty drawer. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, let's go back to this. We can definitely do something else with this. And then three months, like, bam, we got the last shot. <laughs> okay. And on the other side, so that's before the storm, you have uh, Dream, Dreamfire Games, right? And what? Yes. Why did you guys start, decide to start a new studio? And as I understand it, that started fairly recently. Yeah, so Dream, Dreamfire Games, um, that is a studio based on different, uh, it has a different, a slightly different focus than the other one does. So that one is more, it's supposed to be more of an experience instead of like you're playing a game, but this Dreamfire Games wants to create an experience where the, game, where the player won't just and the storyline and then move on with their lives like the the goal of that of those games that come from dreamfire is that the player will stop playing the game maybe want to be inspired to go back to it to maybe play a different a different alternate like a different version of it to have an alternative experience to have a different ending to the game and to always remember those characters once they set the controller down to remember oh hey i remember that time that i walked into this castle town and another player was running around and drew a barrel. They're just fun experiences, or they just remember the emotion that the characters had, or they remember the just the environment, like the breathtaking environment. It's it's going to have a different art style. It's not going to have the same realistic art style like uh, like Doomsday and Awoken has. But we just want the games to be memorable. We want the experiences to be memorable forever. The, the another another part of the game is that, like for example, before the storm, where we have a major trilogy. Uh, spending on multiple hours of gameplay and things like that. Uh, Dreamfire games are more focused on that experience that Andrew was talking about, but more packed into, let's say, like 10-hour game, 
where in that 10 hours, there's so much uh, to see and like doing things like that. You can finish the game really quickly, but you're going to miss out on a whole bunch. There is so much more that you can do. So it has that replayability factor as well. And it's not necessarily that there won't be sequels to these particular games. You know, if we have ideas for them in the future, it's just that that is not the main focus. And even from a production standpoint, uh, it's actually a little bit better to kind of keep things a little bit more organized and kind of separate. So that way we can have two dedicated teams in these different uh, studios working on what they need to work on in tandem. uh, So that way things don't get quite so uh, mixed up in between them as well. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. So one of your games is called Runner. And please tell us a little bit about that. So Runner is... With that game, you play as the main character, which is Jack Tanner. He was framed for the killing of his captain. And he, as he gets, his, he gets his gun and badge taken away. So he tries going the underground route of having underground gangs and different alternative routes <laughs> to try to get his name cleared. But during this time, when he tries to get his name cleared, he ends up owing a lot of that help to them. So now he has the underground gangs coming after him. He still has the law enforcement group he was part of coming after him as well. So it's a lot of, um, it's in quite a situation. (laughs) (laughs) Both police and criminals after him both. So how does he get out of this situation? Mm -hmm. You have to wait and find out. (laughs) Okay, beautiful. uh, They're the main antagonists for Mm -hmm. that. Okay. And the, the game that seemed to ca- catch my eye the most was Arcan. It appeared to be like an RPG. What, what is that? It's our it's actually one of our newest games that we have going. And a uh, person that is the main reason why Arcane really exists is going to be Billy as well as Andrew here. So she would be the best person to ask for that. <laughs> so Arcane, I am um, I am one of the lead developers of that one. Uh, Billy and I actually built that game in three days, both the trailer of the game and, and the gameplay video for that one. But that one, actually, that's that's the main game. That's going to be the first game developed in solely by Dreamfire Games. Um, so that's going to be the the RPG game that's going to be very similar. It's going to have gameplay very similar to uh, Bloodborne, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, but with the environment very similar to how Zelda Breath of the Wild is. If you've seen the, the trailer for it, you kind of see the similarities between the art style there and how it's going to be open world. But that one, the main character for that, you play as Sai. And in her village, her village was all burnt down from dark magic. It was all destroyed by dark magic. So you're, you, as Sai, you are trying to bring back the good magic to the land and also find your significant other who was taken during this, during that, during this whole raid. Um, so you're trying to find him again, get him back and rescue him from wherever he was captured. And this is how the, the journey begins for that. Wonderful. And what was the inspiration behind this? Why did you guys decide to make this particular game? We wanted to, so we have a few different games that are going to be set in an open world environment, but we wanted one to have a fun art style with challenging, with some challenging gameplay. So we wanted to have, um, combine a few different inspirations from different games that we played into a fun art style, but also give that different experience. So as you played, like, because this is from Dreamfire Games, we want Sai and the environment and the world to be memorable. So we decided, okay, let's go ahead and make this game that has all of these, like a, it's, a, it's a good mix of different games that we enjoy, but also a different storyline that none of these, like all these games we love, but none of them have this kind of storyline. So we 
have our own storyline for it. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so that that's all seven, right? Uh, let's see. We have to go down the list. <laughs> <laughs> Doomsday. I don't think we talked. Uh, about I don't think Doomsday. we talked much about Doomsday. We mentioned oh, it. Please. We mentioned it in passing. Please tell us. So Doomsday is the sequel to Awoken, Chapter One of Reverie. <laughs> Doomsday is the second chapter in that storyline out of three. So Doomsday is a post-apocalyptic. It's it's set in a post-apocalyptic world. And you are in a group of six playable characters, and each of these six different characters are going to have different ethnicities, cultures, backgrounds. And whenever you start the game, well, when you when you make a new save, you have the option to choose to play as one of these characters. So in turn, that's six different playable options, six different endings to the game, essentially, one of six. But as you play the game, you have different dialogue options as you play it. So you can choose to be a jerk to certain people, or you can choose to be kind and compassionate to certain people. What you say or choose will determine the out the, the outcome of the conversation or it determines the outcome of your relationship with them. So it's kind of like its own morale system. It'll be hopefully the goal is to be like a wake-up call to players. It's to show players how to work together in diverse situations and to recognize and shed light on the different cultures and religions and different communities. Like one of the ones I'm passionate about specifically is one of the characters is going to be deaf and we are going to incorporate full American sign language into the game. And I'm actually going to reach out to some of the members of the deaf community, including my former instructor, including some of my former instructors. So if you're watching this, <laughs> get ready. I'm gonna be contacting you soon, but we want there to be we want it to be an authentic experience. So besides American Sign Language, we want to represent all these different cultures and communities and backgrounds properly as they should be. So as the player is playing it, they get a real authentic feel. And it'll hopefully be a wake-up call to players to be more open-minded about the differences within the world. That while there are different cultures and religions and backgrounds and languages, we are all still human at the end of the day. So it, it's it's going to be a very different, like it's a sequel to Awoken, but it'll be a much different experience. Yeah, and you'll really see how they all tie in together, especially once you do play through, you know, chapters one, two, and eventually three, you'll really see how they all kind of uh, fit together within the same world. And aside from it being, we want it again to be a very accurate portrayal um, of these different characters, we also just, um, Oh, which we call it. Oh, shoot. I was gonna say though, with everything that we're trying to, you know, put together for it, we really just again, we really want to kind of touch to the heart of the player and and kind of reach out to them uh, with that to to really show just that even at the end of the day that you can still band together because again, we are all human. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Now you this is uh, Doomsday is chapter two of Reverie. And you mentioned that we will be able to see how these fit together. So is it not a direct sequel? Is it just kind of in the world? Or how does so we've heard of, from a lot of people, because if you look at Awoken, we have like the horror genre, and then you go into Doomsday, which is more um, being able to transverse these relationships as well as a survival. And we're like, the, the, it doesn't really make sense as the sequel, how it goes. But the storyline, I do promise you, does all fit together. Um, I've been with DMSI for about six months. And I remember the first time Billy, who I actually met and brought me in, 
uh, talking about the whole series and everything. And I was like, that uh, uh, just it like it doesn't fit anything until you get more into the game and experience what's going on in the story. And then things just start to connect and it, your mind just like blows up with like all the information. It's like that makes sense because of that. And that makes sense because of that. And it's it, it, it all fits together. But like uh, like I said, it is going to be go like completely genre shifting uh, from one game to the other. Okay, so you know, um, Billy Billy Young had the opportunity to be here, and instead he chose to have you guys come and talk with me today. And he knows, having been on my show, that I like to talk about you as people. So I'd like to know, like, where did you come from? How did you end up at DVSI Entertainment? What do you what do you think about the, the studio? I mean, I joined DVSI Entertainment back in January of 2017. I joined as a live streamer, but before before I joined DVSI Entertainment, I had taken different American Sign Language classes. And during those classes, I was asked, why are you taking these classes? Do you know someone who's deaf? Do you have a deaf relative? Or do you want to be an interpreter? And I'm like, well, interpreting on stage in front of the entire universe is not maybe my thing that I feel comfortable doing, but I do want to honor the deaf community in some way. So I kind of put a pin in that idea. And then in 2017 is when I joined DBSI. And I'm like, well, wait, maybe I could incorporate ASL into live streaming. That wasn't necessarily the place for it. And then fast forward um, a little less than a year, I was offered the role of COO, COO for DBSI. Fast forward another year, became co-founder of Before the Storm and then lead developer of Dreamfire Games. But during this time period is when um, the development of Doomsday became more uh, more in depth and American Sign Language was one, it was decided that's gonna be in the game. I'm like, this is the point where I'll get to use American Sign Language in the gaming in the gaming industry to shed more light on that. But yeah, from 2017 to current, I've been at the company and this is with Doomsday is where I'm able to share my passion is honoring the deaf community, but also getting more awareness for American Sign Language and just that entire culture and deaf world in general. That's wonderful. <laughs> Andrea, um, I, as I mentioned, uh, I've been here for about six months, but I actually met Billy through one of my previous positions at one of my old jobs during retail and everything. Um, I was actually one of uh, like manager essentially for like a rep um, business on there. And I would um, meet Billy within one of the locations I would go ahead and frequent and we would get all uh, talking all the time because I'm a big gamer. I've been gaming ever since I was a kid. Uh, and he would tell me about like his uh, video games and his process. And, um, you know, he wouldn't share with me the final details, but it got me curious as to hit things going. And after about a year passed, I realized like, I, I would love to be a part of that. I would love to, to have my passion for gaming be as well as my passion for like management and like business wise uh, going along with that. So eventually he brought me on and I've been happy here ever since being able to help out with some of the projects, actually voice acting. Uh, for Last Shot with a couple of the um, announcers and um, uh, things like that that are going to be showing you guys uh, soon coming up um, and being able to just help out everywhere I can and especially with E3 and being able to reach out to everyone and, and communicate with everyone has been a blast. Fantastic. And yourself, Jen? So I'm um, also signing on actually starting off as a live streamer back in the beginning of 2016. Uh, most of us just kind of staying on with that within the company as the primary focus. And about a year later, um, gaining actually the role of Riley, the main protagonist of uh, Now Awoken. So 
shifting from that, uh, even one year after that, to also then become the uh, chief creative officer for DVSI Entertainment. Uh, and then, as Andrea mentioned as well, once before the storm uh, kind of came to be, then uh, made executive director of, of that after some time as well. And for me, one, again, started off with live streaming. I just have a lot of fun with games. I've been a gamer since I could remember. And shifting from that of having just such a passion for video games, one thing that I've always wanted to bring to the table is to have video games seen as a true art form as well and be respected amongst uh, the general populace. There are so many people that just think that, oh, kids, you know, games are for kids, you know, oh, they're, you know, nothing important. And it's such a unique medium that you can tell all these vast stories that you can play a part of and change and that is unique only to video games. You can't get that same experience with, say, a film or a book. Well, those are wonderful uh, platforms as well to experience these stories and experiences. It's still just not the same. And that is one thing that I would like to sort of hopefully bring about is just a change of mindset generally for video games to actually be seen as an art form and be respected amongst the general community. Beautiful. All right. Now. Um, I don't want anybody to think this entire interview was on rails. We didn't have any questions prepared or anything like that. So let's go off the rails a little bit. How, how do you guys think about E3? Like, this is your guys' first appearance there, right? And it's been a while. Yeah, it's, it's been insane. Been <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. We, uh, I, I, before even with DDSI, I have a lot of respect for E3, being able to watch and see all the games from all these different companies. I never thought, especially when I was younger, being like, wow, I could be actually be a part of that. So it's really it's really a awakening experience and being able to go ahead and, and be a part of this is really exciting. Okay. Well, where's where's DVSI Entertainment gonna go from here? Nothing but up. <laughs> <laughs> as well as Dreamfire Games made for the storm and all the other child companies of us that we're all going, we're all going up. E3 being uh being this big of a convention and everything, we plan on going to some other conventions, yeah. plan on developing our games, releasing our games, just moving forward and up. Yeah. Okay, and um, you know what? I you showcased seven games, but I hear there's others in the works. We do have more besides uh, seven, but seven were the what was the number that we were able to take to E3. <laughs> we currently <laughs> that's incredible. Have... That is a huge amount of games. Like, how how are you guys pulling that off? Um, a lot of work. <laughs> constant, constantly working. We live in the game engines. <laughs> Uh, within within the studio, we have we have a few select people that are working, you know, constantly on on improving and making things work. Uh, we have a, an expanded team that gets the help that they need to in order to go ahead and do that work, um, creating connections, um, of getting like the artwork, getting things like that, making conversations to go ahead and make things uh, move in and roll in to go ahead and get that done. But uh, like we said here, it is it is a lot of work. It's not it's not simple. Like uh, for example, she said they created Arcane within what we showed you in three days. But there is a lot more work to go ahead and do that for what we envision uh, to go ahead and give everyone for that experience. Okay. A lot of coffee. A lot. All right. I'm sure. <laughs> but why so many games? Why not one or two? Why you have seven that you showed off and you have more in the works? What, Honestly, what made you guys decide to, to hurt yourselves like that? <laughs> Honestly, we just have so many ideas that we want to bring forth to the table. And we like to, mm -hmm. honestly, we like to strike while the iron's hot. 
while you are inspired and really just feeling creative, we really want to kind of at least get the ball rolling with some of these. Now, there have been a few since we have so many in the works that will kind of get things started with them. Uh, and then the focus might shift a little bit to one or the other uh, at any given time. But uh, that way we can kind of have all these different people working on these different projects uh, kind of in, uh, at the same time. Uh, so it's honestly, it's a really interesting creative process, not going to lie. It's not really like anyone else that we've seen anyways. Uh, but that's generally why we have so many. It's just because we'll have an idea and we go, let's go for it. Let's let's do it. <laughs> we'll like workshop it, essentially. Um, here, here in DVSI, we don't like to necessarily shoot down ideas. We like to work with those ideas and make them into something if they can be. Um, we have a lot of shows going on. Uh, right now we're talking about our gaming side, but like Andrea mentioned, we have the whole film that we're going to be able to go ahead and doing and producing. Uh, and we also have the music side of everything that people are creating and doing that. So if we have someone from DVSI one day and be like, hey, I have this song idea that I want to go ahead and make, we'll support them fully and being able to give them everything they need to go ahead and create that vision and have that creative goal. Uh, and with uh, everything moving forward, especially with our games, like for example, Woken, we have that out right now on Steam. They're able to go ahead and see that development process. It is early access. It is um, not like the, the full story of everything that it's gonna be, but you can definitely go ahead and uh, have the experience of what we have right now. Incredible. All right. How do people find DBSI Entertainment? How do they get to you? How do they check out your content, all, all your games? Please tell us. So we have our, our Facebook is DBSI Entertainment. Um, we also do have a Twitch channel, which also has eSpot Live, as well as um, the host of eSpot Live, Ellie. She has her own channel, Ellie Baited, where she plays games on there. But on our on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash DBSI Entertainment, it also has links to our other medias on there. So it has links to our Facebook. It does have a link to our Discord if you want to join our Discord. That's actually the most direct way to stay updated with our games that we're working on, as well as direct communication with the developers and team members of DBSI and all of its companies. All of our all of our initial posts go directly to Discord first and then disperses. Yeah. So if you want the quickest access to get in contact with developers, higher higher end up with everything that's happening with any of our games or anything going on with DBSI Entertainment, that would be the place. And we're actually currently looking for some voice actors. Uh, not only for Awoken, but some of our other titles. And if you are interested for anything like that, our Discord would be the place to be. We do have an Instagram, DBSI, just the full name, DBSI Entertainment. We're post up on there as well. But yeah, for sure, Discord is the most direct way. Mm -hmm. I love it. All right, now, as we're wrapping this interview up, do you guys have any final thoughts you want to share as we you know, are essentially wrapping up E3 today, right? We do have something coming up in the works that's pretty soon. Um, and if you do like a lot of our games, especially with Last Shot, we actually have something pretty interesting. Yeah, so also yes. just kind of to segue into this, um, we are actually doing a Kickstarter for Last Shot. So that way, if you guys want to be a part of it and um, you know, kind of pledge a donation to us, so essentially that way we can put that directly into the game, make it as good as we possibly can using that. Um, go ahead and check us out again on Discord. We will be posting it there as well as our other social medias that will be coming within the next couple weeks as well. So keep an eye out. And one of the reasons why we wanted to use and utilize Kickstarter for Last Shot is because we wanted to involve you guys. And that way you guys can get uh, access along with us developers and other people who are getting it early. So that way you can give us true feedback on it and you'll see all of the new updates and features that we're adding as we put them into the game. So it's honestly, it's pretty exciting as well. Wonderful. 
All right, so Andrea, Andreas, and Jen, thank you guys so much. I really do appreciate you coming on and, and sharing this wonderful experience with us. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here. And if you are curious at all at what DVSI Entertainment has going on, please check out their YouTube channel where they have their showcase up there. That All of their trailers are there. It looks absolutely fantastic. So this is definitely a company to watch going into the future. They have so much going on. And on that note, I'm going to remind you all, don't be just a gamer. Be a gamer for